0: I'm Jonathan Platt, and you're listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast. Nobody makes it to the top alone. Now, you don't even have to try. Your journey to a life filled with purpose and leadership fueled by confidence begins right now. This week, my guests are 2021 Hall of Fame first family of Baylor honorees, C.T. Sparky and Mary Beckham, who represent as the patriarch and matriarch of this year's first family. To say the Beckhams family runs green and gold is quite an understatement. Their support of Baylor is a part of everyday life for the entire family, and they welcome everyone. The Beckhams have supported several endowed scholarships over the years, and the student recipients have become good friends of the donors. And following his father's lead, Sparky graduated from Baylor in 1949. Mary became the first recipient of Baylor's Alumni by Choice decree in 1981. If you were to make a list of the family members the Beckhams have brought to Baylor, the number of Alumni by Choice Mary has personally influenced, and the number of people who are members of the Baylor family because of the life and legacy of Sparky and Mary, you, like me, would be utterly amazed. So thanks so much for joining me to hear Sparky and Mary's story and celebrate them together as the Baylor family. Here's my interview with Sparky and Mary Beckham. I am very honored and excited to be talking with both of you today. Um, Y'all and your family are the recipients of this year's First Families of Baylor uh, award for the Hall of Fame of 2021. And unfortunately, we can't be in person this year, um, but we're adding a few new things to the event and to the program. And one of those uh, is an interview with the honorees. So I'm excited to congratulate you on your award, but I think I'm even more excited to spend a little bit of time getting to know the two of you and your family just a little bit more. So if you could, I've gotten to read a little bit about you guys. You sent in a bio, and and I, I've asked some people for stories about you and gotten to know a little bit more about your family. Um, but if y'all don't mind, could you introduce yourselves and tell us about your family and what it means for your family to be receiving this first Families of Baylor Award?
1: Well, of course, uh, this is an exciting time for us and quite an honor, we were very surprised. Uh, All the years that I've been involved with Baylor, I remember occasionally first families of Baylor and they were prominent folks, uh, a lot of them from Waco or from Houston or Dallas and who's had several generations of students at Baylor. And so it really never occurred to me that we might fit in that category someday. So we are honored uh, and we're very thankful to you and the staff for that. We thank a lot of the Better Line Foundation, and we're very excited about the opportunity to be there. Um, if you want to know a little bit about me, I, I went to Baylor, uh, and I uh, graduated in 1949. That's been quite a while ago, and uh, a few years, yeah, a few years ago. Actually, uh, my senior year at Baylor, I was the editor of the Roundup, the senior annual. And on that occasion, because at that time, Baylor Hospital, Baylor College of Medicine, Baylor Dental School, and Baylor Nursing School were all under the Waco umbrella. And so because of that, our annual included the nursing school, the medical school, the dental school. So I came to Dallas as a senior at Baylor and arranged to find an editor on the campus of the hospital up here to get photographs of all the dentists and the nursing school. And then the, the medical school at that time was in Houston. And so went to Houston and got some, got some people down there to help me get the names and photographs of all the medical students. And all of those went in our 1949 annual. So that was a very uh, early, uh, had no idea that many years later, I was going to be in, in very involved with the nursing, with the medical school, I mean, the dental school here in uh, Dallas and a uh, hospital. Uh, I went to, uh, I finished Baylor and uh, I went back to West Texas, my hometown of La Mesa, and was there for two or three years. But then I was get, getting ready I thought I was going to be drafted in service. And I thought I'd like to get in, maybe I'd like to get in uh, maybe a couple of years of college before going in the in service. So I kind of planned for that. I joined the Air Force Reserve and went to meetings 40 miles away in Big Spring, Texas. Twice a month, I'd go down for a meeting at night. Yeah. And I was called active duty. And I I, did, I, was, I had a no stripe, no I wasn't, I was an airman basic. I didn't have a stripe, but I was sent to Austin and I went in and observed there and I was assigned to a hospital base uh, uh, at uh, there. And I thought I could be a clerk typist maybe or, uh, or a buck private they training me, but they call, asked me what I'd been doing and I told them I had, worked for a newspaper for a little bit in my hometown of La Mesa, but I had been editor of the Baylor Roundup. And this technical sergeant said, oh, I know what you're going to do. And he started filling out papers, and I said, what? He said, I, he said, you're the new editor of the Brooks Banner. And I said, what's that? He said, that's a, that's a tabloid newspaper that comes out twice a month, and he said, I had a tech sergeant who was editor for eight years, and I shipped him out to Germany about two months ago. And I've had a whack corporal as editor, and she gets spelled. And so you're it. Mm-hmm. And so I, immediately I had a job because of my Baylor background. <laughs> and I, But I served as editor for six or seven months, and because of my degree from Baylor, I applied for a commission, uh, maybe as a, I had a BBA degree, so I applied for commission as a second lieutenant. And they came back a little bit later and said, you don't qualify uh, for a finance officer because you haven't had a, a year's experience working for the public, working for a bank, or working for a company as a treasurer. They said, however, uh, we did find that we, you, you are qualified. We're going to make you a second lieutenant. And you you go on flight status, and I said, "What do you mean flight status?" I, I was I'd been wearing glasses all my life, and they said, "We're sending you to ECM school," and I said, "What's that?" And they said, "That's electronic countermeasure school," and I said, "What's that?" And they said, "Well, you are to fly on a B thirty six, and your job is analysis of enemy radar systems." and the identities of radar stations and their locations, and perhaps have the ability to jam them. And I said, how in the world did I ever qualify for that? And they said, well, we looked at your Baylor transcript, and we found that as a freshman, you took an elective, physics 101, and that only, that qualifies you. <laughs> so that that changed my life. Uh, I ended up meeting my wife because I was in the Air Force. I wouldn't have been in the Air Force and that part of the Air Force if I hadn't taken physics at Baylor. So the this, this whole string of my life runs through Baylor. Somewhere there's a connection. I was I was transferred to California uh, after going to electronic school at Keeser Air Force Base. And in route uh, being transferred, I drove out there it took about ten days, it took a few days in my hometown and visited uh, a few folks there and um, I ran into a lady at an open house for a new library in Lamisa, which is a big deal. And she said, where are you stationed? Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to Travis Air Force Base in California." I missed she said, "Oh my goodness, we just got back from out there. My brother lives there. And he has two daughters that work for Standard Oil. They went to the University of California and said, uh, they entertained us, took us to Golden Gate Park in the Mirror Woods and said, we just had such a fabulous time. I said, she said, I know you're going to love it. And so we went ahead. And the next morning I got in my car, told my folks goodbye and started the engine. And I thought, I believe I'll go back and call that lady and see if I can get the name of her niece. And I went back, and sure enough, she wasn't at the grocery store. And she and she did answer the phone. And so I got Mary Meadows' telephone number. And so this young lady was the world. It was the gal she was talking about. And because of uh, I got transferred out there, and. The first about, I'd been there about two months and had an opportunity to go to the city. I was 60, 70 miles from Berkeley, where she lived. And the first, I asked her for a date for the first football game of the season. And she said, oh, my, my aunt warned me that she had given your phone number to somebody. And she said, I wondered whatever happened to you. And I said, I said, well, we just got to town. And I said, I want to take you to the football game Saturday. And she said, oh, we've been to the Rose Bowl. We don't want to go to a preseason game. We always beat somebody 35 to nothing. And she said, the season starts. In about three weeks, conference starts. Let's wait till the conference game. I said, they're not going to beat Baylor 35 to nothing. And she said, Baylor? What's Baylor? She had never heard of it. But Baylor played Cal the first game of the year out there that year. And so she reluctantly agreed when I told her. And we went to the ball game, and uh, uh, we beat them 35 to nothing, 25 to nothing. We beat them 25 to nothing. So she she met a lot of Baylor people. All of California Baylor people on the West Coast showed up for that game. So that was her first introduction to Baylor. And so we, we dated for about a year and, and were married. And, uh, and uh, our first child was born in California at the Air Force Base. And then I got out of service after a couple of years and we moved back to Texas. And I brought her to my hometown of La Mesa. And if you think moving from Berkeley in San Francisco to La Mesa, And it's sandstorms. If you don't think that's a culture shock, you don't quite understand. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she has been a wonderful trooper, and she has become involved with Baylor over the years. And uh, uh, we moved to Dallas in 1963, and within a two or three years, I was active in the Dallas Baylor Club, and uh, at our annual banquet. One year, our primary speaker was Alan Shepard, the astronaut. But as a sideline, I had Mary make about 10 minutes with the comments about her knowledge about Baylor and how she loved it, how she come, didn't know anything about it and found a new interest. And she had become a wonderful Baylor supporter because uh, uh, with, uh, all of, with all of our children. Because I've never heard me talking about Baylor and he asked me to be in the Pigskin Review, which was so much fun and uh, getting to know Abner was everything in the world to me. Um, He was Mr. Texas and a fabulous university president and my love grew for Baylor by knowing such a wonderful president.
0: I've spent many hours in After McCall's oral histories and uh, his letters in the Texas collection, and it is just uh, continually proven again and again uh, how how right you are, Mary. How how wonderful of a president. It was
1: very was. special, very honest, tremendous, brilliant. Abner was a very special friend, <clears throat> but after being involved with the Dallas Better Club. the the president of the First National Bank of Dallas was chairman of the Board of Trustees at Baylor, a man named Dewey Preston, who was a long-time trustee at Baylor. And uh, he was in our church. We knew them. And there was a group of people, including Abner and Ross Sands, of Sam's Church Furniture, who was chairman of the Board of Trustees at Waco, and uh, Jim Cantrell, who was head of the Baptist Foundation, these guys were all friends, and they started vacationing together down at Granite Shoals uh, and down down your lakeway. Uh, one of the, one of them, one of the uh, one of those guys, had a brother from Houston who had a home on the lake, and so they visited down there, and they fell in love with the place. And so they started saying, "Why don't we take all of our better friends and spend a week at the lake?" and go on Wednesday and stay over the weekend and come back the next Wednesday. So that was that they called themselves the Granite Shoals Group. And the two years after we moved to Dallas, they asked us to go with them. And we went 26 years every year. We spent a week down there. But but, uh, Ross Sands was involved. Admiral McCall was involved. Uh, Several other trustees, the head of Buckner, and uh, the head of the uh, Texas Baptist Foundation. So this was a wonderful group of friends, and Abner became very close to us all the rest of his life. And that was a great part of our experience with Baylor, and he was such a tremendous influence. And so uh, that that started it, but I went to Baylor, and uh, uh, of course, after that, um our own children went and and cousins, but my brothers and sisters all went to Baylor as a result that I was the oldest in the family and then their children went. So I have a number of nieces and nephews, some of them from out of state and two of them who lived overseas, who went to international school in in Europe and Japan. But when they, when they uh, decided to go to college, they came to WIFE. And so uh, the Baylor influence really spread among uh, a large number of our family. So it's a distinct honor. Um, and friends that went and people said, How did you pick Baylor? And they said, We knew Sparky went there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
0: Well, so I've I've got a question related to that. If so many people uh chose Baylor because of your influence and just these first 15 minutes together, I can already see that you'd convince me to go to Baylor if I hadn't already gone. Um, what, what made you choose Baylor? If you've made all these people convinced all these people to go to Baylor, what convinced you when you were in a high school senior trying to decide where to go to school?
1: Well, I, uh, he went at 16. My, my father uh, lived down around Abilene. He was he grew up down there, and uh, <clears throat> so he went when he when he grew up, got out of high school. He went to Hardin Simmons for one year, but then he got drafted into the Navy and he went World War One, World War One, and so in 1917, 1918, and he was stationed in, at a medical hospital in uh, Rhode Island, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And so we got out of the service and uh, he came back and didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. He worked for his dad for a couple of years, but uh, he decided that he might become a dentist. So he got on a train about in 19, 19 1920, got on a train and came to Dallas and, and tried to enroll in dental school, in that, Baylor College of Dentistry. And they said, well, you we just started the semester. You can't get in now. He said, well, when can I get in? He said, well, next year. I mean, classes are full. So he decided to go to business school in Dallas and take courses in economics and maybe bookkeeping and that sort of thing while he was waiting. He had a cousin in Wichita, Fox, Texas, and his cousin called him and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm trying to get in dental school, but can't get in until next year. He said, I had a partner in business, and he, I lost him. He's gone, and I need help. You come up here and help me. And he said, but I want not he said, "I could, if you come up here and help me for a year or two, I'll make you enough money to pay for dental school. Well, my dad moved up there and went into business with his cousin, and he never left. Well, he stayed in business, but he met my mother. Dad went to church, uh, the Baptist church, and one Sunday night, three, a trio, a girl's trio for the Methodist church came over and uh, sang a trio. And my dad asked this guy, I said, who is that brunette in the middle of the trio? He said, you know her? And he said, yeah, that's Josephine Fisk. He said, uh, you know, you know her? He, he said, I'd, I'd like to meet her. And he said, well, I know her father. And so Dad said, "Well, would you ask him if it'd be okay if I'd call his daughter?" So he did, and uh, the uh, the friend called me, my future grandfather. His name was Ray Fisk, and he said, "Mr. Fisk, said I got a friend named Wendy." And I said, "He, uh, my dad's name was Winslow. They called him Wendy, And nickname." And so he said, he would like to meet your daughter and want know if it's okay to call. And he said, he said, you know him? He said, yeah, I know him. He's been in the Navy. He said, sure, tell him it's okay. So my dad called Josephine Fisk and he said, "My Mrs. Beckham and I, I've seen you the character of the night and I'd like to... About well, my mother, future mother was looking for somebody named Wendy. And she, she said, Beckham, I don't know you. And so she hung up on him. <laughs> and my dad said, well, I guess... done guess that was that. <laughs> so my dad told his friend, he said, well, boy, she sure hung up on me. Yeah. So my dad's friend talked to Mr. Fisk and explained. Uh, he said, what happened? And he said, he said, well, he called her and, and she hung up on him. He said, oh, I'm astounded. Uh-huh. Well, they found out the names were confused. So my grandfather told his daughter that she should call this guy Beckham back and apologize to her. So he did. And so about two years later, they married and, uh, and they ended up going back to Abilene where my dad lived and After about four or five months honeymoon, he sold his business to his partner and had some cash. And so after touring the country, he came back and his father in in Abilene or Trent, Texas, told my dad, he said, I've got some land notes on some farms out in Dawson County. And this is a depression and, and the guys are behind and paying them. You need to go out there and collect those notes. Are we're going to have to take the farm back. So sure enough, they took the farm back, and my folks ended up staying in La Mesa. And that's how I ended up out there. But when I was in La Mesa, I was a long way from Baylor at that time. And my dad, we had uh, designs on Hardin Simmons. My dad had been schooling. But the pastor's daughter in our town of La Mesa was a man named Morton. And he moved to... to, uh, our town, and he had a beautiful daughter named Ann Morton who was just graduating from Baylor, and she was three or four years older, but I was very fascinated by Ann Morton. And then there was a guy, a friend of our family, who was 53 years older than I was, who went in the Air Force. He had gone to Baylor, and he became a a P-38 pilot. And that was a darling fighter aircraft, you know, it was very famous and he was a hero. And so those two people, Cowboy Boyd, the pilot, and Ann Morton, the pastor's daughter, were two people that were a few years older than I am who had graduated from Baylor. And so they sold me on Baylor. And so that's the reason that I decided and went down there. I love it. And and Miss
0: Mary... Uh, I think I understand this right. You're the first recipient of the Alumni by Choice, correct?
1: Yes, and I'm thrilled to death.
0: Yes, and so could you tell me uh, the way that Sparky came to Baylor is much different than the way that you came to Baylor. But what what was uh, what went through your head receiving uh, that award and that honor?
1: Well, I was tickled to death it takes a while for someone from out of state to, to get any really feeling about the Baylor line but the longer you're associated with Baylor I found the more I saw how interconnected our lives and everything we have to do Baylor comes in there and and with good things and, and tremendous uh Tasks are done, and it's the Baylor line is strong and forceful and wonderful. And I must say, I I love the people, starting with Abner, and uh, uh, I'm joyful to be part of the Baylor family.
0: We're very lucky to have you. We're very lucky to have both of you. Um, Um, I wonder. I wonder if, if um, we spent a little bit of time talking about some of the people that influenced you most, uh, especially after you moved up to Dallas. Um, but who, uh, Sparky, when you were at Baylor, do you, re- uh, do you recall any of the, the professors, the mentors, the, the fellow students uh, that helped you along during your career uh, at Baylor?
1: Oh, yes, they were. there was a doctorate. I, I had a BBA degree. And there was Dr. Foster, who had been there forever, and he taught several courses. But uh, I had him, I think, for three or four courses in the first or second year. And uh, uh, he was the important part. There was another guy who was a history professor but uh, uh, named Guy B. Harrison. And Harrison was a very astute. He was a tough guy, uh, but he knew his Texas history. And he actually made it come alive for us. And he talked about the Indians and he talked about Sam Houston. He talked about Stephen F. Austin and the colonies that were developed in Texas, but he would act out. He, he'd get up on the desk and act like an Indian and who would holler. He had his students' attention. And I remember one time, uh, I remember very distinctly. I think I took a nap in class, oh. and he threw an eraser, and it just went right by my ear, and I didn't go to sleep anymore in class. <laughs> but he 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 made Texas history come alive, and he was a very special uh, teacher. And then uh, our English teacher, and every all of all the guys were were uh, wonderful. The first year I was at Baylor. Uh, now that now the pardon me the year we graduated fourth year I was at Baylor when we produced the annual that was when the Union Building at Baylor was opened and uh, first made public it was it was under construction for a couple years but uh, my senior year the annual we had pictures of the drawing room inside the buildings and so forth and. Um, Matter of fact, in, there is a drawing room named after my mother in that building. In one end, the Phil uh, Beckham room. All four of her children. You know, I was the oldest, but we—they—they uh, they needed to remodel that room one year, and so we helped contribute it, and they named it after it. So my mother had her picture in that room. It's still there, and she wrote us a letter to the students, and so that's very special. Uh, place to us. But um, everything about the campus uh, was very significant. Uh, there's many changes, of course, over the years. And uh, but uh, the, the amazing thing is those friendships uh, that we made uh, 65 years ago uh, are still friendships. Those of us that are still around. I used to, the Heritage Club at Baylor is a club of people who graduated 50 years. And I used to think those people in the Heritage Club were just ancient. Well, <laughs> now I have been a member of the Heritage Club for 20 years. <laughs> and so they, but, are they are ancient. We're all ancient, but those friendships are still, uh, we still uh, got Christmas cards from people 50, 60 years ago. And we met them as freshmen of Baylor. And, uh, of course, uh, the, the publications, chance. the Baylor line that's come out, and such a great magazine, some of the other magazines. We really enjoy looking about the history of, of people who graduated, how they succeeded in business, what children they have, who they married. Uh, that holds this Baylor family together. And... Um, so oh, as I've said before, uh, it's green and gold has spread and has flung itself afar. And uh, it is really meaningful. My, my, uh, many, many, many of my business relationships, my friendships today, uh, my lawyer, uh, my banker, uh, my accountant, uh, some of the people that uh, I'm in the real estate development business, a lot of people that work at title companies are all Baylor graduates uh, and people I knew from Baylor. And some of them 40 years ago, some of them were their children. Um, uh, some of them are some of my friends are their fathers and mothers were were our friends uh, at Baylor. And Mary has joined and she loves all these folks, even though she didn't know them until she became here. That alumni by choice was started by Herb Reynolds, 1986. And they decided to recognize people who loved Baylor, uh, who maybe had been faculty members at Baylor for 20 years, graduated out of the university. And uh, many, many people married Baylorites and became interested in Baylor. And so they had heard her speak at Pigskin, as she said that Admiral McCall had asked her a time or two. So they told her they were going to do this, and said we're going to do it at the first football game of the season, and probably will have a luncheon. And said uh, anybody can be nominated that's really interested, and uh, but we would like for you to be the first recipient because of your background and your involvement with the university, because of your children and said, would you, would you be willing to be our first recipient? She said, well, that sounds wonderful. Sure, I'll be glad to. And I said, well, also, we'd like for you to speak at that luncheon and tell us some of your experiences because they were interesting and humorous and appropriate. And and uh, so she said, okay. So she spoke. A year later, they called her and they said, listen, we're having another banquet, and there's about 30 40 new people and would you come and 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 give that same speech again? It'll be new people that won't have heard it, but your your comments were very appropriate and on the mark, and they were humorous. And so we, these new folks would like to hear it again. If you'll do if you'll do it, again. so they've asked her every year for thirty five years, uh, and she's done it every year. One year she had surgery. And her daughter, our daughter had heard the speech so many times, she just stepped in and did it. (laughs) But anyway, that's that. And so Mary has developed a scholarship in that for that Alumni by Choice. But people, she's more famous than I am because there have been so many people. There's over 3,000 recipients of that Alumni by Choice Award. And they are thrilled about it. Yeah, it's they it's a big deal. It's important to those people that they have a real attachment.
0: Miss Mary, I've I've heard that people have found you in places like airports and told yeah. you that, that they are alumni by choice.
1: Yes, and they're thrilled about it. And uh, they always wanted to go to Baylor, but for some reason. Yes. So, Miss
0: Mary, what what has been the coolest, um, the neatest, the the most interesting or memorable uh, part of your Baylor experience? Being uh, adopted, uh, uh, I guess, willfully adopted and yes, and, and fervently adopted into it, the family.
1: Uh, this tight knit Baylor group, I must say, they're just thrilled uh, with the new people, you know, and 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 they're anxious for the new people to feel that Baylor lie And it takes a little while for some. I just can't imagine how a group can be so productive and and want to work for Baylor all their life. And, and uh, it's an exciting event to watch. I believe I'm that. so glad to be part of it. Well, another thing that Mary has experienced is that she has known intimately all of the presidents yes. since Admiral McCall and their wives, because she's been with them at these meetings and she's met them. And uh, we've and after I've spoken, <clears throat> I don't really remember either. I had by that time been kissed by four or five presidents.
0: <laughs> Have you well, been I... kissed by Doctor Livingstone yet?
1: Uh, well, yes. yeah, hugged her neck, yeah. yeah <laughs> Uh And uh, then then we had this precious woman president. Yes. Well, she's really very interested in Brad, the first gentleman. I mean, he... (laughs) No, I didn't get a kiss from Brad. You got a hug from him.
0: (laughs) Well, I would never ask you to pick your your favorite Baylor president. I'm sure they're all your favorites in in different ways. But
1: They were all outstanding men. You know, it's yes. just really, and I yes. love their wives and their children. Yes. Yes. It's, so been, I, it's been lots of fun. Baylor has added so much to our lot. Ken yes. Starr has really enjoyed her because when he was president, he was, before he came here, he was the a, a dean of the law school at Pepperdine. And uh, so incidentally, Linda Livingston was the dean of the business school several years later at Pepperdine. But Mary is University of California, so when tell, she talks about her California days, and and, and uh, being not knowing anything about Peter, but because uh, uh, Ken Starr was in the University of California system, he thought that was particularly funny, and he got a kick out of that, and has written some notes to Mary, and given us a book or two, but, and reminds her of what of his. The comments she had about California and all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that they've, they've all been very special.
0: Yes. Well, so I actually have a few fun questions that aren't really about Baylor. They're just about uh, y'all to kind of round out, you know, uh, Sparky and Mary, and give us a little bit different view. Um, they're real. They're they're really fun, and they're also short. So, um, is it okay if I ask you guys those questions just for some yeah. fun? Sure. Okay. Perfect. My first one is: uh, Are y'all watching anything on TV right now? Are you into any shows or or uh, NCIS or, or anything on on Netflix? If you watch on Netflix, are y'all enjoying anything on TV right now?
1: Well, we listen to a lot of Fox News, and uh, of course, uh, we love sports. And uh, we look particularly I love the women's Baylor basketball team yes. and the men's team this year. This is phenomenal that we've got both of our basketball teams in the top eight or five or ten. That's exciting. So uh, we're sports fans, and, and uh, Baylor is a, a big part of that. Uh, we, I, I watch a lot of news when I get a chance. And uh, this last year or so has uh, politics and the COVID um, and uh, the election all have been um, taking a lot of our time. So uh, we do, we do watch a lot of television. Good. Do, you, do you have time to
0: read? Do you like to read anything, any books that are on your nightstand or something right now?
1: Well, uh, I don't read as much as I'd like. I have a half a dozen that I've I'm reading, and they, I, they get moved around. Uh, Jim Dennison of the Dennison Forum, who used to be our pastor here, uh, he, uh, he's, he keeps several books on hand and write them. Also, I used to love uh, Paul Powell, who used to be head of the seminary, pastor of Green Acres Baptist Good Church. Up, please, and uh, he was a humorist as well as an outstanding pastor. Mm-hmm. Did you ever know
0: him? I, I grew up in Kilgore, so I never knew him, um, but I knew about him since Tyler is only 30 minutes from, from Kilgore. So, and yes. then I came to Baylor and found out that, you know, there was that connection uh, as well. I, I love the Paul Powell Chapel in Truitt; It's especially beautiful.
1: Uh, yes, spot. it really was. Uh, He was, uh, he, he was, uh, his career was at Tyler's Court. Prior to that, I was on the board years and years ago at San Marcos Academy and he was pastor at San Marcos and then, left and went to pilot. But, uh, our, our Park City's Baptist church here in Dallas, where we belong. Uh, we had an interim. uh, we lost a pastor a number of years ago and Paul came as an interim pastor for about a, he was here six or seven months. And so we grew to love him. And, and, uh, were very close friends to his family and, and missed him. And I was so happy that he was there at the seminary that was important part of us. Yeah. And so I've got, he wrote a number of books and they were kind of fun to read. And, and then there was a, a guy named Paul Valentine who was uh, the, uh, he worked in Nashville at the Southern Baptist Convention student life, but he retired and he came back to Dallas and he was my science teacher for about ten years, and uh, he wrote a lot of books too. So those I've enjoyed reading those, and uh, and I read some fiction, and and uh, I don't read as much. I have a lot of books that I haven't read yet. <laughs> I've got, I've got a good supply. I've got a good supply.
0: I heard a quote one time, but I can't remember who said it. And it was, "There is nothing so sweet in this life as an unread library." And yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. I got a lot of books. Miss Mary, are you reading anything right now? Enjoying anything?
1: Yeah, yes, but I can't. I, I hate to say I can't remember the name of the Washington man in the wheelchair. Oh. Uh, uh yeah, yes. Charles Crowdhammer died about a year and a half ago, he was a newscaster. His book is really worth it, and now his son has come out with a um, book. Okay. Fabulous, yes. fabulous
0: man. Yes, well, um, uh, y'all have, uh, you know, really told some compelling and interesting stories. Um, I've got just got a few more questions that are just fun ones. Um, if y'all could be anywhere in the world right now, if COVID uh, wasn't here and you know there were no limitations on what you could do, where in the world would you like to be?
1: I think about that every day. We have a big window in the living room that we, we love being at home. We, yes. we, we have traveled a lot, and we love. Uh, going, we, we love going to Maine, uh, yes. Camden, Maine, and we've we gone up there and sometimes we've taken a house for a week or so and let family come and join us. And then she's, she's, she's from California, and so in February, before the virus hit this year, we met some of our relatives and we've got some, some okay. foreigners. We met them at Lake Tahoe, okay. and we're there about uh, about a week. We took. Two different houses, and we had about twenty-five people up there. And we took the whole family to Wood Islands. Uh, well, the nursing school at uh, Baylor uh, has a big annual event every year, and they uh, so yes, they, they They have an auction, and uh, they they tempt us with trips, exotic trips to various under places. So sure enough, about two years ago. Uh, uh, I think we were that we ended up being a high bidder. We bought uh, a week uh, at, at Cayman Islands, and they so the the family that owned the Cayman Islands home lived in the woodlands in Houston. But they, their two daughters went to Baylor and went to nursing school, so they they had their home and they they gave it away to the auction, and uh, so they've done that for two or three years straight. And so uh, I, um, all ages of our family came and loved it. Yeah, we, we really had a lovely time down there. And um, the people that, uh, the, the, their name is Martin, Suzanne and Tom Martin from the Woodlands, have two two daughters, and their two, two daughters both became nurses, and they're married. One's a nurse at Houston and one's over here in Fort Worth. But we bought the hat. We bid and got the house for a week. And I thanked the lady. She called me and told me a little bit about it. And I mailed her my Christmas card that year that we put together. And it had all my family. And she called back and she said, oh, my gosh, are you planning to take all of those people? <laughs> I said, oh, no. I said, no. Uh, she said, well, I, I said, they can't all go, but we'll take you. How, how many? And she said, well, you know, I've got a neighbor who owns a house next door to us on the beach, and they live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we've just developed a friendship. And occasionally, if we have an overflow, so she said, I'm going to call them and see if you can also use their house. So I said, oh, that'd be wonderful. So anyway, we had two houses, and we had 25 people. Down there, and they weren't there out there at the yeah, same time. Babies and old people, but uh, in between, my grandkids weren't very interested in going. But then, when they went, they went scuba diving, and then they didn't want to leave. They and they want to go back next year.
0: Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. So, okay, my my last question um, is: uh, What in all of the world? Um, what are
1: you most
0: grateful for right now in this moment?
1: Well, i tell you what, what we're grateful for. We've been, we've been blessed uh, by Baylor and by the Lord. And and uh, uh, I've been in a real estate investment business, and I've been self-employed. Uh, we've been very fortunate, but nearly at every turn, somebody's been looking over us and helped us along the way and encouraged us. And we've had some ups and downs, but we are, uh, we love Baylor. Uh, we lo- I, I had been, been on the hospital board here in Dallas, Baylor University, Baylor, for years. 50 years this year. And uh, that's a very unusual, but they didn't have any term limits. <laughs> and so we just stayed on. And we had one hospital when I went on the board. Now we've merged and grown, and we've got 27 hospitals, besides uh, about 200 offices, doctors, clinics, and rehab facilities in North Texas and around Temple and Belton and down to Austin and North College Station. We've merged with Scott and White. And Scott and White is a lot of Baylor people. The chairman of the board of Scott and White Drayton McLean, whom our football stadium is named after. And uh, the chief medical officer there went to Baylor undergrad. And then of course, uh, the chairman of uh, Jim Turner, who played basketball at Baylor and became the Dr. Pepper guru and owned the Dr. Pepper company owned most of the distribution. Sellers. He was chairman of Dallas uh, healthcare system before the merger. So it was easy for those four, or five guys that all Baylor guys got together and, and, and developed the, the largest private hospital system in the state. So, um, and I've been, we've, we've been recognized. It's been a blessing to serve the hospital and we've had lots of contacts. And so, uh, it's been an experience as a businessman, as a guy in the real estate business to be affiliated with the hospitals and watch the growth and the service and the world-class doctors that we've had at, at a hospital. We've had some of the finest guys in the world, transplant surgeons, heart surgeons, and, uh, uh, Research—it's just been fabulous, wonderful experience. So those are the things that we've really been blessed with, and uh, we've had some challenges and ups and downs in the markets, but we've been—we uh, uh, felt we were protected and that somebody was helping us from above, and we just went about doing things, and that's what we feel today. We're blessed. We're delighted to be of service to be here. And uh, we're excited about the future of Baylor and the opportunities that they're having and reading about the new faculty positions, the new, new uh, uh, challenges. Uh, we're excited about the brick over there, what's happening, and the innovations that are going on there. And, uh, of course, it's exciting to have the great ball teams and the great students that we have at Baylor.
0: Well, I'm so thankful for both of you for for giving us just a little bit of your time to learn more about your story and to learn, I mean, in just this little time that we've been together, uh, as if I didn't already think y'all were the right people for this award. I, I now fully know that y'all are exactly who we should be celebrating this year, and it is such an honor. So thank you for spending time with us. Well, she,
1: she has been the cheerleader. She's had the glue that kept this going. She's been the one that got, got excited. And she's excited so many people that were non-Baylor students because of this alumni by choice. She had her own following.
0: <laughs> I believe it.
1: Thank she you. We follow you, darling. And John, it's so nice to meet you and see your pretty face asking questions it was very pleasant.
0: Thank you all both for your time.
1: I want to thank you too for the Baylor line. It's such fun to get it, and it's been around a long time, and I know it's had its ups and downs, but uh, you're still doing a great job, and I think it's it's highly read. What's the circulation these days?
0: Uh, it's just under 9,000, and this is our 75th year. This t- oh. 2021 is 75 years, so we've got some... I can't give away all the secrets, but we've got some pretty cool things lined up uh, for this year. We're not going to let COVID or or global changes uh, get in our way of celebrating 75 years of Baylor Line Magazine. I'm Jonathan Platt, and you've been listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Baylor Line Foundation. You can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you haven't, Hop on over to wherever you're listening to this and follow, leave a rating, and a review. It really does help. Join me next week for another direct line conversation. Thanks for listening.